model, this model allows you to, let's say, just work with 200 people at $5,000, right? And then that's a whole different, that's a game changer right there, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Because now you're working with less people and you're actually able to provide more 200 people product. at $5,000, isn't that a million dollars? That's yeah. a million dollar business. There you go. There you go. Boom. That's that you, <laughs> and literally, and think about, and breaking down the math, right? That's literally, you know, you break down the math, that's literally about 20 clients per month, you know what I mean? To be able to get in, like, you could literally have a million dollar business with just, like, getting 20 people a month into your business, right? Wow. And the beautiful thing is, again, you're providing transformational services. So Welcome to Black Wealth Weekly Podcast, where you can find different guests being interviewed by me, Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven, every single week, where we will be breaking down how they got into their respective industries and are creating wealth for their families. You don't want to miss an episode, so hit the bell and tune in. What's up, guys? It's Shaniqua Nicole, the Millennial Money Maven editor-in-chief of Black Wealth Weekly magazine and your host of this week's podcast, Black Wealth Weekly. I have my brother, King Mitch, Michelle Valbron with me today. King Mitch, please tell the people who you are. Yes, y'all. My <laughs> name is Michelle Valbron, aka Money Making Mitch, um, certified public account and tax strategist, award-winning author, and yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> slash Out here, rapper, you know, right? What I'm saying? Rapper, rapper slash accountant. Rapper, accountant, all the things. Yep. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I love it. So Michelle is a CPA and a tax strategist, and he's out here helping people save the bag, right? Yep. Right. So I know a lot of people are um, building businesses through this pandemic, and his entire job is to help you not pay the IRS so much money. So we're going to get into some tax bars in a little bit, but tell us how you got your start. Like what made you go into accounting? Because what I do know is that there's like 1% of black accountants in this country. Yeah. So you are a part of the elite. Yes. Tell us what made you go into this business. Yeah, that's, and that's a great statistic. Yeah. Literally less than 1% of CPAs are black and yeah, it's, it's a very, very rare thing to get into accounting. But yeah, my story is is interesting. So I'm originally from South Florida. Okay. Um, my parents came from Haiti to the United States, literally to give my sisters and I the opportunity to be able to live the American dream, right? And through that experience, I had some interesting things that happened, right? So one situation I remember vividly when I was eight years old, I was waiting for my mom to get home. I'm a mama's boy. Um, and I grew up with my two sisters. And I was just waiting for my mom to get home. And she gets home late at night. Um, she's actually coming from... Uh, little Haiti, South Florida, right? So I'm waiting for her to get home, whatever the case is. She pulls up and she opens the door. I'm running to the door, opens the door, whatever the case is, and the door opens slowly. And I'm just like, okay, this is different. You feel me? So I'm looking at her and I'm, I'm little at this time, right? So I'm looking kind of going up like this and I look at her face and she has like this, this like look of like just shock. Mm. And I look to the right of her and I see a gun pointing at her head. I'm just like, what is going on? This is crazy. Wow. So in that moment, you know, I'm just like confused. I'm young. I'm just seeing all this stuff play out. Wow. And I hear the guy that's behind her. I've never seen this man before. He's like, did you got so couché out there? Right? Which means tell the boy to get on the floor in Creole. Mm. It's Haitian man, right? So my mom tells it back to me in English. I'm like shaking, I'm like on the balls of my feet, I'm walking backwards, laid on the floor, the floor is cold, you know what I mean, we'd have rugs or whatever, it's like, so it was a cold floor, and more people start coming in, they start pulling people out of the rooms, and my sisters were there, my grandma was visiting from Haiti, I had an uncle was visiting from Haiti, my aunt was there, so literally my whole family just laid out. Right, so they ask my mom, you know, where's the money, where's the money, right? They, they happen to figure out or find out that my dad actually kept some money in a shoebox. He kept a whole bunch of cash in a shoebox. Whatever the case is, my mom shows them where it's at. They take it, they run off with it. So fortunately, you know, we were all safe. You know, none of us got hurt, injured, mm. whatever the case was, right? Super traumatizing, right? <laughs> but on top of that, I realized that my dad had the shoebox of money because he didn't want to pay taxes. Mm. So he was doing what's called tax evasion, right? So he was trying to underreport his income, keep it in the shoebox. He thought he could finesse the government or whatever right. the case is. 
So he kept it in shoeboxes. And because of that, they ended up finding out, of course, right? End up finding out he ends up getting arrested, then ultimately gets kicked out the country, right? All this happened before, like, I'm 10 years old, right? Oh, my God. So now, you know, it's just my mom raising me and my two sisters by herself, right? Just trying to figure it out. Right. And he was basically the, you know, the breadwinner in, in, in the relationship. Right. So, you know, with that, you know, I learned some valuable lessons through that experience, right? One, I realized that, you know, whenever I grew up, I wanted to make sure I did things legally and ethically because I saw the impact that it had on my family. I saw how my dad got locked up, kicked out the country, mm. and the way it played out with our lives. And then right. also, too, it also told me, like, whenever I grew up, I wanted to also educate people and show them, like, how to do things legally and ethically, how you could save money and taxes legally and ethically, how you could make money legally and ethically, right, instead of having to rob people. And not have me? to put your family and have, in harm's way exactly. because you're hoarding cash exactly. in the mattress. Right. Crazy. So your dad was running from the government and the street. Right. What a place to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was stressful. Crazy. Yeah. Stressful time. It was crazy, but, you know, through that experience, like I said, fortunately, you know, it inspired me to, I still wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? Right. Because I understood that, you know, entrepreneurs. So he was an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur. Okay. Right. And uh, coincidentally, he actually owned a tax business, which is a, a little crazy, <laughs> right? That he's going to do something like that. But that's just, that was the reality of the situation, right? Yeah. Um, I guess because he felt like, again, he, I guess he was just too confident in what he yeah. knew, thought he knew, whatever the case was. Right, right. So fast forwarding, whatever the case is, end up going to, end up going to school, um, ended up going to school for accounting. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And one of my professors told me like, yo, if you understand accounting, that's the language of business. You'll be able to understand, you'll be able to have basically recession-proof money, like you always have a job, you never have to worry about money again. I was like, bet, you know what I'm saying? I wanted that, that security. Let's do that. You feel me? So <laughs> I ended up going to school for accounting, ended up getting uh, a master's in there as well, became a CPA, ended up working for one of the largest accounting firms in the world. And that's kind of how, you know, things started off with that. Gotcha. So why didn't you stay at the largest accounting firm in the world? Yeah. Sounds like, you know, <laughs> sounds like you, you had the dream. You went to college, you got your CPA, you were living your dream life and your dream job. Right. What made you change things up? Yeah, that's a great question. So I literally, it's crazy because I literally checked all the boxes. So when, when I was in school, they're like, yo, in order to be successful, you need to become a CPA. Boom, did that. You need to work for this company. Boom, did that. Right. All Checked all the boxes or whatever the case is, but I did it. And I'll, I guess it's just my entrepreneurial instinct. It, it kind of kicked back in. I was just like, is this it? Mm -hmm. Like, I just felt like, I was like, is this going to be my life? Like, literally, like, all I had to do was just show up to work <laughs> <laughs> and then basically be on the trajectory to move up to partner, whatever the case was. Right. But that. So talk about that. Like, let, let, let's take a step back, slow down a little bit. For you sure. know, if people are going to college, going the CPA route, what does a successful career look like if you want to be a, you know, corporate accountant, I guess? Yeah, basically, so there's a couple of things that you could do to check off the box, yeah. right? So obviously going to going to school and going to college is going to be that first step, right? So you have to, in order to, if you want to become a CPA, which, what, um, which is basically the creme de la creme of like the accounting profession, then you're going to have to get a bachelor's and a master's depending on, in most states, you, you're required to do 150 credit hours, right? So huge requirement in order to do that. You then become a CPA, certified public accountant. You have to pass a four-part exam, which has a less than 50% passing rate. Mm. So you do that, and then you could work. Then really the goal, what a lot of people end up doing is working at what's called one of the big four accounting firms, right? That's going to be your Ernst & Young, which is where I worked at. You have Deloitte. You have KPMG, you have PwC, right? These are the big four accounting firms in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Not just the country, right. like globally. Like right. they, any, literally any Fortune 5, they literally work with 99% of the Fortune 500 companies. They work with everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the Group. government, too. And the government, yeah, too. Yeah, we have big government contracts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have high net worth individuals, every, everything under the sun. Like these people are working with the Googles, Yahoo's, Facebook. So when you get it, uh, you know, inst everything. So when you get into these companies... It puts you in position to literally work, be, be able to be exposed to like what the biggest companies in the world are doing, right? Right. So you get that amazing experience and then you could do that for, typically they say, you know, you want to make sure you get promoted to senior, which is like the second level from staff. I was able to do that. And then basically from there, you know, you could pretty much work anywhere. Gotcha. You know, from that 
just getting those two years, two to three, uh, three years under your belt. Gotcha. So right out of college or right out of your CPA program, what does it look like income-wise for you when you go into uh, one of these big four? Yeah, typically they, when I, back in my day, you know, I feel like, I feel like a young old dude now. back in my <laughs> Back in my day. You know, they were, they were paying us between 50 and 70K. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Which is, which was decent. It wasn't, it wasn't the highest paying job that you can get. Yeah. But it was really there to, for that experience. Like mm -hmm. you get that on your resume, your resume is, you can go work star. anywhere. You can work anywhere. Because Absolutely. the, the level of requirements and the interview process and a whole bunch of things like you can't just just apply right it's not they typically typically only recruit um college students right that's the majority of their pool because college students they're hungry they want to learn they can pay them cheap they can pay them because <laughs> <laughs> 50 to 70 thousand is cheap right yeah they could they could pay them what they want to pay them you know what i mean yeah and um and 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 that's it. And they're fresh because they're coming coming with new information. Whatever. Right. The case but is. so, what's the opportunity look like if you do stay on that path? Yeah. So typically, you they have different levels, right? So you 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 have the senior um, level, right, which is you can typically make between seventy plus on that. Then you have manager. That's when you're making over hundred k. Then nextly, you have a senior manager. And then next level is the the creme de la creme, like the partner. partner, the partner level, where you pretty much have a partnership within the organization, you're able to take equity and all that kind of stuff, right? So you can, on average, according to, according to I think the big four accounting firm website, um, you, the partners typically you can make 400,000 on average. Now some partners, depending on, it's it, a lot of it's based on luck too, right? Yeah. Cause it's a little bit entrepreneurial as well, right? Yeah. But on average, you can make 400,000. Some partners make a lot more than that. Yeah. Some partners make less, but on average you make about 400,000. But it takes you ten to fifteen years to get to that four hundred thousand. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, you wasn't. Really I wasn't. I listen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like that's that that's like a lot of people hate talk about like I hate getting rich get rich quick or right. whatever the case was. But Who I want to get rich slow. But yeah, but I didn't want to get rich slow either. You right. know what I mean? I couldn't didn't want to wait for the 10, 15 years because you're still working for someone. You're it's a very the hours that you work, you could be working fifty to sixty hours during business. And season. were you consulting and traveling or yeah, you doing, were. Yeah, so yeah, so. it it's a lot. So I've it's worked raining. in a consulting space too. Yeah. And it's a lot. Like you have to travel, you you know, you and, and you're working for different clients. Yeah. So not only do you have a job with you know, with your company, but then you have the requirements of your customers and your clients and yep. your travel and their needs and their goals. So yeah, it's a lot. So you ain't want to wait your 15 years. I couldn't, no. I couldn't couldn't wait for my 15 years and I really just wanted to own something of my own, right? Because I knew if I own it, then I basically have control over more of my time, how much money I can make. And yeah, it's literally probably the best decision you know that I made. But I don't regret doing that because it gave me the experience and everything that I needed to do it. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So now you're an entrepreneurial accountant. Yes. What I do know is that professionals, what I find when I work with professionals is that, you know, they go to school for all this time. Um, they learn their profession in and out, superstars, rock stars at what they do, but they lack the business knowledge. Mm. So how was that transition for you when you went from, you know, this super smart, guy with your CPA passing all the tests to now having the finesse of an entrepreneur, business owner, and now you have to sell and get clients of your own. Like, what was that transition like for you? Ooh, not easy. <laughs> <laughs> not easy. So this is interesting, right? So you think about college and universities, right? You have medical professionals, you have accountants, you have engineers, right? And they teach you all this amazing information on how to do the work, right? They tell you, hey, you can, with accounting, you could do bookkeeping, balance sheet, income statement. They tell you all the things, debits, credits, all these amazing things, right? They tell you how to work with clients, but they don't tell you how to get clients. Right. Like literally the most important part, right? So, you know, especially, and you can appreciate this as an accountant, accountants, like the top line of the income statement is sales and income, right? But they don't teach you how to make sales and income. They right. teach you how to do all the work, right. but not tell you how to make sales and income. <laughs> Right. It's really there to prepare you. From my experience, it was really there to prepare you to work in corporate America. And this is me going to the top university in the country when it comes to accounting and tax. Right. I went to the University of Florida. Amazing school. Great school. So it got me the technical knowledge that I needed. Yeah. But didn't give me the entrepreneurial information I needed. Right. So it prepared me. And really, and, I, and it did, um, I'm not going to lie, it did kind of 
make me forget a little bit about the entrepreneurial route, right? So the, for a short period, I was like really wanted to go that partner route. Mm -hmm. But then, like I said, once I got to, you know, was in there for about one to two years, I was just like, this ain't it. So it made you forget in what way? Like, like it just kind you of were just too busy. Made, not not even it just made me focus on working that like they I pretty much was so um, just so ingrained. much in the culture ingrained in the culture because yeah. they they pretty much groom you to be a partner or whatever. Because yeah. that's the goal. Their goal is for to get as many people to get to that route. Um, and if you work those many years, then they make the ROI back and all that kind of stuff because they invest a lot in you. They invest a lot in training. You're going to conferences, seminars. They they spend a lot of money. They spend a lot of, on, on recruitment, restaurants, all that kind of stuff. Right, right. right. Wine and dine you. Yep. So in order to get their ROI back. The golden handcuffs yeah. is what they call it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is, right? <laughs> they pay for they pay for you to take the CPA exam. They pay for you to, for the study material, all the things. Like, um, so it's so for for a moment I kind of forgot, but the transition was so I was doing some volunteer tax work. So I volunteered for this organization called Vita. Mm -hmm. So basically, you could do taxes for free for lower income individuals. So yep. I'm, I'm going through the process, learning more about taxes, how to do taxes. I'm doing it, and I come across this couple, did their tax return, cool, and they end up owing some money. And then at the end of that process, you know, the husband turns to me, he's just like, well, you know, I see we owe some money, like, how can I save money on taxes next year? I froze. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to tell him. Like, with all this amazing experience I had, I, I wasn't, I didn't have the knowledge, right? So I really felt like, I was embarrassed, you know mm. what I mean? I felt like a failure as an advisor, as a tax professional, they're looking at me, even though they didn't pay me any money. Right. But they're looking at me to have those answers. I didn't know. Like, Absolutely. I just know how to, like, data entry, right? I know how to put the numbers in, da da da, da and then go ahead and give them the tax return. So right. I didn't know how to proactively save money on taxes. I was like, yo, I need, I need to go ahead and do some outside education outside of school, right? A lot right. of people go into school and they think that's all I need. Nah, for me, I realized in that moment, I was just like, School's not enough. I need to go do some outside research. So I started reading. I got heavy into personal development, mentorship, all these different things. Came across the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Phenomenal book talking about entrepreneurship, finances, and came across this concept of the cash flow quadrant, right? Mm -hmm. Cash flow quadrant is talking about the four ways you can make income. You can make money as an employee, self-employed individual, business owner, investor. And I realized that the people on the right side of the quadrant, right, business owners and investors, they're the ones who are making the most wealth in the country, but they also pay the least amount of money in taxes. Mm. And I was like, ooh, okay, let me... Now let we own something. Some, some, let, let me look into this, <laughs> right. right? So I started doing more and more research and then really started, like, became obsessed with learning about different tax strategies and different ways that the wealthy pay less money in taxes. And I literally opened up my eyes and my world to, like, this world of, like, tax savings and tax strategies and rich people and rich people yeah <laughs> and how rich people literally use the tax code to build wealth right you know what i mean right. so that's that's kind of how i got into it and then you know again just trying to understand this entrepreneurial thing so like tapping into different resources because you know when i was i keep going to say back in my day you know what i'm saying but i feel like a young og because when i was getting into it i didn't really there wasn't really any programs or anyone that looked like me you know what i'm saying that was out here teaching people how they created their accounting and tax business. Right. So I literally had to, again, spend a whole bunch of time investing in courses and books and putting it all together. And then slowly but surely, I started figuring it out. Gotcha. And had to shift my mind. It was a big, it was a big mindset shift, too, because I had to literally realize that in order to be, have a successful business and a successful firm, you know, I had to really learn about marketing and sales, which mm. most accountants struggle with, right? A lot of us get into it, myself included. We get into it because we don't want to do sales and marketing, right? We have this this negative perception of what sales looks like. We think about the car salesman. I was like, I don't want to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be behind <laughs> the scenes, go do ahead, the run these numbers, do the work, and that's it. And it literally took me out of my shell to, like, really understand, like, yo, this is, if I want to make, if I want to basically make money be successful yeah i need to understand this like you said sales is the top line of your financial statement so yeah. you got to figure that part out that's a fact <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact yeah. yes no okay so you started figuring out that you needed sales yes where did you go to learn how you get more sales yeah, so it, it came through, again, a whole bunch of different programs and experiences. But I, so when I was in college, right, I was also paying my way through college as well. 
Um, and I was working at Office Depot. Got a job at Office Depot and, you know, just a, as a way to make additional income. Mm -hmm. And they had me on the floor, the sales floor. Basically, well, they call it tech, but it was really sales. Yeah. And I learned they had some sales training, whatever. It wasn't anything super sophisticated, but they some basic sales training. And I realized and I understood, like, how sales are done. So basically, one of the things that I noticed is that when someone comes into the store, they, they have us ask them, like, hey, welcome to Office Depot. You know, what brings you in today, essentially, right? Along those lines, some type of question like that. Right. And what I realized is that question opens up the conversation to be able to sell someone, right? So if someone comes in there, right? Let's say you have two different people that come in, right? They both need a television. You have a construction worker that's coming into the store. They want a television. You got a, a college student who wants a television to play video games, right? Two different needs, right? So it's two different ways that you're going to have that conversation. So by asking them, why do you need this television? Then once they tell you what they need, then you're able to go ahead and tell them, exactly basically basically tell them what they basically to let you know let them know what you have that fits and checks all those boxes right, right. so the construction workers like i need to tell i need a tv to go ahead and put on my wall so i can go ahead and look up blueprints easier and i don't need anything fancy i don't need the wi-fi i don't need all the you know gadgets or whatever i just need to be that but right. this is what we got right here right if you're talking to the college student who wants to play television wants to play Fortnite or whatever the case is grand theft auto whatever you know what i'm saying these kids, the kids what, what, what are these kids doing these days? Um, <laughs> then, then it's a different conversation. Like, yeah, well, this one has the best Wi-Fi. This one's going to be able to connect to your Bluetooth headphones so you can go ahead and be able to yell at people on the whatever the case is. You know what right. I'm saying? So, like, all the, so basically catering to them. So that was a really, really big lesson for me to understand sales and how that works. Yeah. And understanding then, what people's needs are. Exactly. And then meeting them where they are. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. what we do a lot of times as accountants, right, we tell people, we basically, I call it throw up, right? <laughs> basically, <laughs> we throw up and let them tell them everything we can do. I could do your taxes. I could do your business credit. I could do your accounting. I could do your bookkeeping, blah, blah, blah. And like, hold on, hold on. I don't need all that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't need all that. <laughs> I just need to, I need to understand how to save money in taxes. Right. I need to understand, I need someone to, I need my, I need my financials done so I can go ahead and get approved for this loan for this home. Yep. Like understanding that. Um, is going to be key. So really having a conversation and, lend, and listen, just listening, just being a good listener and hearing what people need and then being able to say, okay, tailor your services to what their needs are. Gotcha. So right now, it sounds like you're talking, it sounds like you're teaching accountants. Like you're not talking to, so you're, you're, your accounting firm, you're more focused on working with other accountants. Yes. So what? Well, I have a mentorship. So I have my account. Oh, gotcha, so, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. So, so take yes. Yeah, two separate things. Two two separate things, right? Take gotta, us there. Take, so so I had <laughs> so basically so I went ahead and built and developed my accounting firm, right? Okay. Super successful, super profitable firm, right? And was able to go ahead and figure out how I can do this, right? I basically made my name in tax planning, helping people save money on taxes, and then along the way. As I was growing this firm and I was learning different things, I was also helping out other accountants and tax professionals on the low. I wasn't wasn't talking about it publicly. It was just something I was doing because I, I wanted to see more people like us right. be able in to be successful space. in this space, right? And I was able to, you know, get it to a point where, you know, um, one year I was able to do like a half a million working part-time in the business and then just continue to grow, right? And realize that, you know, again, a lot of people struggle with these things. So all, as, I'm, as I'm learning things, then I'm teaching other people, right? How do you can make literally over $100,000 basically working part-time in this business and different strategies or whatever the case is. So now, you know, I'm coaching other accounting and tax professionals on how they can do the same thing, right? How gotcha. to get to that, what I call the elite level, mm. right? There's different, because there's different levels okay. as it comes to, as it relates to this space, right? So when it comes to, when it comes to advisory, it's really what we are as advisors. Yeah. That's another thing that we need to shift is like, that we're actually advisors. Yeah. So there's different levels to this, right? So the first level is the executor. The executor is going to be that person who's doing tax returns, $100, $300. They're executing, doing a whole bunch of work, but making less than six figures, right? Right. That's the executor. Then you got someone, what I call the executive, right? That's someone who's making between $100,000 to $250,000, right? Um, they're probably working in middle management, a corporate job, maybe have the business on the side, maybe charging a little bit more, whatever the case is, but they're really not... You know what I'm saying? They're really, they're doing okay. You know yeah. what I mean? A lot of people say that 
their goal is to make six figures. Six figures is cool. Hundred thousand is cool, but until you make a hundred thousand, you're like, yeah, that ain't. You know what I'm saying? Right. That ain't. That ain't. That ain't it. <laughs> Listen, I tell people all the time: the first six figures that you make in your business is not for you. It's for your mind. It's for your mind yes. to believe that there's more and yes. that you can make more. You know, because yeah. really, if you want to have a business and you want to have employees. $100,000 is not going to pay your bills and theirs. Right. So the first six figures is for you to understand that you can literally open the door and create more. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, mid-level executive, they're making their mid-six yeah. figures, and then what's the yeah. what, what's the elite level look like? Well, not, we're not even at the Are we not at elite yet? yet. We're okay. elite yet. Okay. All right, so check this out. So we got the executive... <laughs> And they're probably still working a full-time job. So yeah. they're doing this business on the side. That was me. Cases. Yeah. That was it, me. It's, it's a lot of people. In that I ain't going to lie. I mean, so a little bit about me, you know, I haven't, I don't really get into my story a lot, but because I was in this space, I was a mid-level executive working my little uh, tax business parts. I'm not going to call it a little, but I had uh, several hundred clients, right? Sure. So um, like you said, five, $600 a pop, making my good six figures in my job, making good six figures in the business, but I got stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, well, how do I either grow this business or how do I move up more in my job? And I was working, yeah. you know, good Mer Merrill Lynch and all the good old boy uh, companies, but I was just stuck in both places mm -hmm. and didn't have the time, really. I already have a couple hundred clients. Like, even at 200 clients, it was stressful. Right. You know, so in order for me to make more money in this business, I have to work more clients. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to start learning about tech planning and stuff like that. But I was that person where I was just stuck. It was comfortable and it was cool. But then I got to the point, but it took me like five years because I ain't going to lie, like six figures in four months with the tax business. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, yeah. No, and then I, and I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah. I was traveling. I was mm -hmm. working. You know, it, it was it was beautiful, yeah. to be honest. So that's why I love to introduce people to this space. Um, but you get stuck. So how do you get unstuck and get to this next level? So the next level is what I call entrepreneur. So okay. now you're actually an entrepreneur based on the way I see things, right? That's when you're making between 250 to 500,000. 250, you're an entrepreneur in that stage because then you can start hiring employees. So yep. in my opinion... I don't think if you're making less than 250, you need to figure out how to increase your you gotta, prices. You gotta, you gotta grind. You gotta grind, right? You gotta make it. You gotta make it work until you really, really have a business. In my opinion, 250 is where you actually have a business. And so that's two, when you should hire your first employee. That's when you can go ahead and hire your first employee gotcha. in your business and become that business owner, right? So we talked about the four ways. You're basically before that point, you're still self-employed, mm -hmm. but then now you're a business owner where you can actually bring on people, hire people, um, because if you try to do that before then. You're not going to be very profitable, and then you're basically going to... It's basically going to ruin your perception of having an employee. Like, oh, there's just a cost or whatever the case is, but when you're in that 250 level, you're going to start seeing them making money for you, right? Gotcha. So 250 to 500, then you're on the entrepreneur level, and then you're at the elite status. 500 plus is when you're at that elite status. That's the level that I think that everyone needs to aspire. If you're an accounting and tax profession, aspire to get to i've been there done that millions of times over and helped other people do the same right and that's when you that's when you really have a really good solid business you could bring on two to three employees you could step away from the business have them run the business for you and basically your role is really just getting more clients in marketing right, right. you maybe even have the sales at that point yep so what does a five hundred thousand dollar per year accounting firm look like Yep. Like service-wise, team-wise, what does that look like for someone that's trying to grow to that point? Yeah, so really at that point, you could be bring on employees of so that space. You could have between two to three employees. You really don't have to bring on that many employees. Let's say at 500, right? Because then once you elite, you can elite still a million, five million, 10 million, right? But let's just, let's we'll start with the first level, which is 500,000. Mm -hmm. 500, you could probably bring on two, two to three employees at that level. At that level, bringing in that kind of money the way I like to do it, working part-time, right, is where you're providing high-level services such as tax planning or what I call outsourced CFO services. So that's basically, as an outsourced CFO, you have people who are bookkeepers or whatever the case is, but a lot of people perceive bookkeepers as low cost, basically a cost. And basically, you know, typically bookkeepers make $100 to $300 per client, right? Mm. Um, but as an outsourced CFO, you're coming in there really as a almost like a business partner, as an advocate for your client and helping them identify ways for them to increase profit, decrease expenses, increase their um, 
yeah, increase their profit, increase revenue, et cetera, yep. coming in more as an advisor, right? Yep. And they're willing to pay you more for that, right? Minimum 500, really, I think 1,000 is a really good place to start with that per month. For CFO? For outsourced CFO. Okay, that's low. To be I able to do that. I tell somebody that, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah, but it takes you away, that, that's 500 a month. Yeah. So now you're at 6,000 per client, Versus your five hundred dollars uh, for the year right. on one annual tax return. Exactly. So I get it. Yeah. So you, and you do the math. Think about it, right? So with let's say you want to make a million dollars in your tax prep business, right? Five hundred dollars per client, but you're working with two thousand people. Right. That's two thousand relationships. Woo! Two thousand emails. Two thousand everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if they all send you one. Yeah. If they send you one communication. Right. Exactly. Now imagine right? them sending you three and four three emails. Three and four and then three years later just like, hey, by the way, I got this letter from the like a headache, right? Miserable. Right. But versus <laughs> this this model, this model allows you to let's say just work with 200 people at $5,000, right? And then that's a whole different that's a game changer right there, Absolutely. right? Because now you're working with less people and you're actually able to provide more 200 people at $5,000. Isn't that a million dollars? Yeah. a million dollar business. There you go. There you go. Boom. That's that easy. <laughs> and literally, and think about, and breaking down the math, right? That's literally, you know, you break down the math, that's literally about 20 clients per month. You know what I mean? To be able to get in, like, you could literally have a million dollar business with just, like, getting 20 people a month into your business, right? Wow. And the beautiful thing is, again, you're providing transformational services. So typically as accountants, we provide more transactional type services, right? Yep. You just, people just paying you money, you go ahead and do the work. Oh, I got to do taxes this year. Oh, I got to do taxes this year. Boom, what, versus you're doing some, helping someone with tax planning, right? Helping them save 30, 50, $100,000 in taxes possibly, right? Let's They're going to be loving let's, you. Let's dig into tax yeah. planning. So what, what is tax planning? What does it look like? What yeah. does it cost? What does it do for people? Why do I need tax planning? This week's episode is sponsored by ABC's for Rich Kids by seven-year-old author and entrepreneur Bryce Nicholas. Please tell us where we can find your book. ABC'sForRichKids.com Awesome. This book is so amazing, guys. It literally goes from A to Z with different financial terms for your little loved ones. Awesome. So we've got F is for future value. E is for evaluation. H is for air. Guys, if you do not have this book, the Amazon number one bestseller, please go and grab it now at abcsforrichkids.com. Listen, <laughs> tax planning, so I, I, I'll break this down, right? So a lot of people don't, don't realize this. When it comes to expenses in your life, right? You have all these different kinds of expenses. You got student loan debt, you got car payments, you have your mortgage, children, right? All these different things that you have going on. But when you really look at it, taxes are literally your single largest expense, right? So think about this. When you make money, you pay income tax. When you buy something, you pay sales tax. Okay. When you purchase property, you pay property tax. When you sell the property for more than what you pay for it, you pay capital gains tax. When you die, <laughs> right, you're paying death tax or estate tax, as the IRS calls it. Right. There's more? There's a lot more. Oh my Those gosh. are just, I'm just giving the five big categories. <laughs> right. But there's a lot more, right? But just those five alone, right? without any proper tax plan, without any strategy, without even understanding the tax code, that's literally over 50% of your income. Boom, right away. 50% of your life, the money that you're making, you're giving it to Uncle Sam. You're basically an employee for Uncle Sam. Wow. A lot of people think they're self-employed, they're doing their thing. Now nah, you're working for the government. Wow. You make that money, giving it to the government. So with all those taxes combined, right, there's an even bigger tax, more than 50%, even bigger tax than that. And I call it ignorance tax. Mm. Ignorance tax. That's what's gonna get you. Right. A lot of people think that. A lot of people think it's 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 all these different things, but the ignorance tax is what gets you. When I say ignorance, I don't mean that in a root or condescending way. Yeah. Ignorance just means a lack of knowledge, lack of information, right? Mm -hmm. Even the scripture says, "My people perish due to a lack of knowledge, Absolutely. lack of information." Yep. So that's what's really killing people is not having that information. And ignorance tax is literally the biggest expense because think about this, right? All the time, like one of the things I noticed that's literally worked with thousands of people and 99% of business owners are overpaying in taxes. They're paying more taxes than they need to, right? They're not aware of ways you can maximize your deductions. They're not aware of ways that you can structure your entity. They're not aware of retirement insurance, all these different things that are out there to benefit you as a business owner, right? The tax code is geared towards 
helping business owners and investors, like I talked about, the cash flow quadrant. It really is there to incentivize you to get into business because as a business owner, you're making more money, you're able to give the government more taxes, you're able to hire people if you're an investor, especially a real estate investor, you're providing housing, so you're helping out the government. So they're gonna like, you know what, you're going ahead and doing this first instead of having to pay people unemployment and doing all these other things and mm -hmm. all these other programs, we're gonna give you a little break, right? Right. Because you they they basically feel like you're you're doing your fair share helping out the government, right? So it's so, pretty much the cheat code. It's it's the cheat code. It's literally <laughs> the cheat code. And not only that, it's the cheat code to build wealth, right? Because becoming a business owner, being an investor, it's literally the cheat it literally is the blueprint to how to build wealth for yourself and your family, right? One of the ways you could do that is by maximizing deductions, right? So deduction is basically what people call a tax write-off. There's different way things that you can go ahead and write off, um, but there's four requirements in order to write things off for your business, right? And I call those tax-free. So I'm really big on acronyms and mnemonics and stuff like that because when I was studying for the CPA exam, I had to memorize a lot of things, right, to mm. go and take that, take, take, take that exam. Yeah. So the first part of that free is F, so it needs to be for your trade, business, or profession. Okay. So basically, as a business owner, if you're spending money for your business, then you can go ahead and essentially write that off, right? There's uh, different rules and other things that apply to it, but for your business trader profession, boom, that's number one. Number two is R, regular. So it needs to be considered regular for your business. The IRS calls that ordinary. So what's regular for one business not gonna be regular for another business. I have a friend, she owns an ice cream shop. She could write off ice cream cones, she could write off refrigerators, she could write off spoons, right? If I go ahead and try to write that stuff off for my business, I'm about to go to jail, you feel me? <laughs> so guess who's going to jail tonight? Like, so I, it, it, so you gotta, it needs to be regular for your business, right? Third part of that is eat essential. So what's gonna be essential in order for you to operate your business? The IRS calls that necessary. Essential is gonna be things like rent, utilities, employees, all considered essential for your business. Last but not least, economical, right? So it needs to be economical for your business. The IRS calls that not lavish or extravagant. Under the circumstances, it's a very vague word. Under the circumstances, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So it depends on how much, really what it comes down to is how much money you're making in the business, right? So one of the things that you could do in your business is being able to write off the G-Wagon, right? I always talk about, you see me hop out the G-Wagon, talk about <laughs> writing off vehicles. So that's one thing that you can do <clears throat> in your business, but it depends on that last E, economical, right? So your business needs to be making substantially more than that, right? So if your business is only making 50000 you can't write off a $100,000 vehicle, right? right. It's, that's crazy. You're yes. crazy. You can't yes. do that, yes. right? Even with business credit, right. you can't do that. So let's debunk. Yes. Let's debunk that viral post I've seen all around yes. social media and Twitter and Instagram of, I'm going to go and get me a G-Wagon. Who can actually legally, ethically you know, go and purchase a G-Wagon and 100% write it off on their business? Like, who, what does that business owner look like? Yeah, so I would say a million dollars is a safe number. Okay. In that case, some people may push and may say half a million. I'm going to say a million because, again, you don't want it to be a significant part of your business, right? Yeah. So it can't be like over 50%. That's a little bit crazy to me. I think a million dollars is safe. Yeah. A million plus when you're writing off those types of vehicles. Not to say you can't do it. Some people try to do it. They push it. But again, just know that you're going to open yourself to an audit, right? Mm -hmm. The IRS is going to be like, hold on. I get you can afford it. I understand <laughs> you made 200 but like really 50% of your income is going to this because they understand it's also going to be a deduction because you, and you write it off and a write-off again, it's just a reduction in your taxable income. So let's say you go ahead and make um, 200000 You buy a vehicle for 100000 Now, well, let me switch up the numbers. Let's say you make 300000 in your business. Buy a vehicle for 100000 Now your taxable income is 200000 right? Mm -hmm. Let's see your tax rate, just to keep it simple, is 50%. 50 uh, then you're paying 100000 on uh, in taxes versus $300, um, you're paying 50% on that. The 300 with no deductions, now you're paying one fifty, mm -hmm. right? So it gives you about a $50,000 tax savings with, 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 that, with that strategy, right? Right. So you want to make sure that your business is making a good amount of money in order to make, to make it make sense, yeah. essentially is what that is. Right. You want to make it make sense. And then also, that goes along with all the other different types of write-offs for your business, right? Let's say you can't write off a vehicle fully, right? And basically, you're using Section 179 and bonus depreciation. Depreciation is just basically one of the dope things about depreciation is that it allows you to be able to expense things and not even have to spend the money on it, right? Right. So let's say it's really based on the purchase price. So let's say you only put down 10000 or 10% or whatever the case is, 10 20%. It's not based on how much you put down. It's based on the purchase price, right? Because 
in 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 business terms, your vehicle is essentially an asset. You can't write, you can't depreciate a non-asset. So a a vehicle is an asset in your business, so you're able to write that off. And then there's the opportunity to be able to write off fully the full amount. You could write off, you can write off over different um, years. You could write off like there's there's a, what's called depreciation table, where the first year you're able to write off eighteen thousand a hundred. So you can write off about sixteen thousand. Third year, you can write off about seven thousand. It's just a sliding scale, right? So that's another way you can do it, right? If you can't fully write off a hundred thousand within that year, right? But you want to make sure you talk to a professional about that, right? How to do that, how to work it. Another type of deduction that a lot of people could take advantage of is being able to pay your children through the business, right? So paying your children through business, amazing write-off, right? A lot of us have kids. I just got my little baby girl, my little princess. Thank you. I'm a girl day. <laughs> you feel me? So um, just got my little my little baby. So one thing now, is Now, is she on payroll already? Because I know she's only a couple months. Man, listen. <laughs> let's talk about it. All right, so check this out. Check this out. So as it relates to paying your children through the business, you can pay them up to the standard deduction amount. Okay. That's 12950 as of this year. Um, and it depends on their age, and it depends on what they're doing for the business. All right? So I'm going to go based on what the IRS, um, based on court cases, right? So based on previous court cases, there's a court case where some parents paid their seven-year-old through the business, and the IRS let that slide. So I always say seven years old and older to do that. Some people do it younger. Some people say their kids are a model. They say all these different things. You can go ahead and you could try it, but I'm just I'm just <laughs> going based on the IRS court case, which says where they allowed a seven year old. So it's based on it's like so IRS the the tax code is basically law, right? Yeah. So looking at past court cases, so they're, they're if if you get audited or if they question or whatever the cases, they're gonna look at the past court cases. What was the ruling? And that's how they're gonna go ahead and make a decision on it. But let's just say let's start at age seven. Um, at seven, you basically want to figure out what they can do for the business. It doesn't need to be anything complicated. They can clean up the office for you. They can pack, pa do packages for you, right? I got books. I have to ship them out. Have my little my little one go ahead and pack the books, put the labels on it, da da da, and then go ahead and send that out, right? Right. So, and then you want to make sure it's based on you want to give them a job description so they provide legitimate services for your business. You want to go ahead and give them a W two, even though they don't have to pay taxes on it. But that's basically the best practice to go ahead and do that. Um, you also want to record their hours, so you're tracking their hours as well. And then what the, the great thing about it is, on top of paying them, you get a deduction for your business, right? Um, and depending on the age and what kind of service they're doing, you may not necessarily be able to deduct the whole amount, right? $12,950. For a seven-year-old, it might be closer to maybe 5000 you know, maybe 1000 whatever the case is. depends on what they're doing. Mm -hmm. As they get older, like a 17-year-old, it's easy to find ways to make them to be able to pay, that, pay out the full amount. So anyways, because now they have earned income, now they're able to put that money into a retirement account, right? So another requirement is that they do need to have their own bank account in order to do this, right? So they want to see that transfer from your business bank account to their bank account. But then now they have earned income, so they can put that money into a retirement account, right? Let's say, for instance, like a Roth account, right? They go ahead and put well, that... Yes, they go ahead and put that money into the Roth, you know what I'm saying, you, and you go ahead and let that grow. Let's say by the time they're 18 years old, they can literally have over six figures in their retirement account by the time they're 18. And the, the dope thing about the Roth is after tax. So they're able to use that money for other ways as well. So if you wanted to use it to pay for college or whatever the case is, you could use that, not, not, the, not the growth, but the contributions to it. So... Yeah, that's a little well packy. So he just said a lot, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're passionate about this stuff, you just, yeah, what you call it, vomit. Uh, just throw up. Right. Verbal throw up. He just threw up all over y'all yes. with uh, a million dollars worth of game. That's a fact. Um, so I love that because we actually do that for my son. And what I found out is um, it, it's only like seven fifty a month, you know. So if you pay your child a thousand dollars a month, that ends up being twelve thousand dollars for the year. Mm -hmm. So you know, twelve uh, one thousand dollars a month about about four weeks is two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Right. If you you know, even at you know, I don't know what the minimum wage is nowadays, but let's just say even at ten dollars an hour, um, at two fifty a week, that's twenty five hours a week. Right. Yeah. Um, but we ain't got to pay our kids minimum wage. You know, right. we can pay them a little better than minimum wage. That is the benefit yes. of being the owner, being the boss. And like you said, you know, you open up that Roth IRA and get investing. So mm -hmm. 
-hmm. A lot of people, what I what I, I saw something trending, uh -oh. and it was about okay. Now I done. I opened my investment account. I put money in here, and I thought I was doing something. The next step is that you have to invest the money. Yes. So we are not. In, uh, this is not financial advice. This is not tax advice. But what we're doing for my son is we put his money into his account every single month. And I just put it in mutual funds, right? So I don't need an investment advisor. I don't need a financial advisor. You don't have to pay anyone to do this. Uh, there are super smart people that have to, you know, it's their full-time job to go and put together these funds. Yeah. And ETFs or mutual funds, you can just put money in. It's super simple, super easy. And then, you know, you're, you're literally building wealth for your children. And like you said, if you put it in a Roth account, that's tax-free. So, right. like, you, 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 you've literally given them a million dollars worth of game. This is how you turn your child into a millionaire. That's a fact. I love it. And it's, listen, I think we need to do a better job of having more black or whatever the case is, more trust fund babies, right? I remember growing up, they used to clown on people for being a trust fund baby. Listen. If I had 100000 when I was 18... Let me tell you something. <laughs> I went to a private school for high school. I went to private school my entire life. And then for high school, I was, uh, I was in like the gifted program. And then went to private school. I was the only black person in my graduating class. Mm. When I tell you these girls, it was an all-girls school as well. So these girls, we were in uh, junior year, senior year of high school. They pulling up in their BMWs, mm -hmm. they Benzes, mm -hmm. and you know they're uh, they already have jobs before they even finish high school. Right. You know they're going into internships at high school. Mm. Typically, we're going into internships at college, right? Right. But this is how you give your children the head start that we need and that we deserve and that our ancestors have fought for. So, y'all. Million dollars worth of game. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I love it, and that's and that's what's so important about it is like, yeah, being able to pass it on, and literally, again, you, like you said, it's really not that much money you have to pay them, and not only that, they're getting they're it's there's so many benefits. You're getting the deduction, you're basically increasing their wealth. They're getting business experience, so they're understanding why mom, what mommy and daddy are doing, mm. right? So you're able to educate them, educate them on financial literacy as well. So this is how you save the money. This is what you need to do with the money, etc. And like you said, with that mutual fund, right? You could do something as simple as like the S and P five hundred, right? Yep. Index fund, mm -hmm. right? Which on average has between ten to twelve percent um, annual annual rate of return over um, the past hundred years. That's what it's been, right? And it's not about trying to find the best stock, whatever the case is. Literally. Duplicating the stock yeah, market. Yeah, don't make it hard. Yeah, don't. don't really, the the path to wealth is easy and boring, but we want to make it so difficult. Mm -hmm. Like we want to make it, it. It sounds, and not even we. I think it's it's the. Uh, First of all, we're business. Our ignorance is big business to big companies. So they want to make it seem like it's so hard for us to invest, so hard that we can't manage our own money, that we have to just go put our money in the bank, right? right? Um, but this play that he gave you right here, like you can literally do at home. You can open up your child's brokerage account or custodial account yeah. and, and literally just transfer the money from their bank account into their brokerage account. That's what we do every month. And um, one more thing that we do is I'm not trying to teach my children about like individual stock ownership, mm -hmm. but I, whenever he asks me for something, so he knows he has money. Right. That's the thing. I have a seven year old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's at the point where he knows about money. He knows it takes money to buy things. Right. He has a debit card. And so he like, well, how can I get some more money? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever he asks me to buy something, I'm like, okay, well, what company uh, creates that product? Yeah. So recently he asked me he wanted the PS4. So he's got cousins and stuff. He's been playing on the uh, game and he wanted PS4. So right. said, well, what company makes PS4? And I, I guess it's Nintendo. I don't know, whatever. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, it's Nintendo. Let's look at Nintendo stock. How much is N Nintendo stock? So we look up, he asked Siri, because y'all know he's, he's seven, he can't spell Nintendo, he doesn't know how to spell stock, right? So he literally asked Siri, hey Siri, um, who owns, you know, PS4, or who owns Nintendo, or what's a Nintendo stock price? Pulls up the stock price, okay, cool, let's look at the price of the stock, let's look at the price of the PS4. Right. And I say, okay, well, uh, you want to buy this PS4? You're going to have to buy as many shares in stock as the PS4. And that's kind of like our deal. Mm -hmm. And then he also has to earn the money. Mm. So, you know, he has his book where I make it, we go and sell. So I'm like, okay, well, your PS4 is $500. Your book is 25 How many books do you need to sell? <laughs> so then now we have a goal. 
right? So now your goal is that you need to sell 20 books in order to get your PS4, Mm. but now you need 40 books because you got to get the same amount in stock too. Mm. So this is how we create enriched kids over here. Yes, let's do it. I know, I know, I know the princess is going to be a beast too. Um, But yes, do you have any more more, uh, gems you want to drop? For the people? On taxes or just in general? On taxes, on business, um Yeah, I'll give you whatever. I'll give you, I'll give you one more one more tax play real quick. Perfect. And then we we'll talk about um some other things as as it relates to uh accounting and tax professionals or whatever the case is, right? So another thing that you can do as it relates to to um to taxes, right, is a strategy called like the Augusta strategy, right? So the Augusta strategy, it's named after the Augusta Golf Tournament, right? So in Augusta, Georgia, they had the Masters Golf Tournament. And one of the things that they did, and this doesn't apply to everybody, all right? So disclaimer, all right? It's a big, big disclaimer. This don't apply to everybody, all right? So this, but this is for those who have the money and are looking for additional ways that you could do it. It's a basically a tax loophole, so don't abuse it. Don't take, don't go crazy with it. Basically, so you can, um, one of the things that the IRS allows you to do, right, this applies to pretty much everybody, you can rent out your home for up to 14 days without, without having to pay taxes on it, right? So that's one thing that you're able to do. Another thing that you're able to do, right, because of that, if you're a business owner, you actually can rent out your home to your business for up to 14 days. Basically, you still need to claim that income, but you don't have to pay taxes on that income, right? So it's basically a deduction from the business. Going to going your household. Ahead, going to your household, right? So basically you're cutting a check from your business to your household, right? And that could be a pretty big tax saving. Literally, let's say you let let's say your business rented out your home for uh did a day rate for a thousand dollars, right? You did that fourteen thousand four you did that fourteen times during the year. The reason a practical reason why you do that is having a board meeting. So you need to have a board meeting with yourself anyways as a business owner. Let's say you do that fourteen times out of the year, that's a fourteen thousand dollar deduction. Boom, and it's basically, you know, a really crazy, really crazy strategy that some people could utilize, right? right. Again, not for everybody, right. but that's really understanding how the tax code, like, when you when I started learning about these, and that's just, like, a low-level strategy, too. Once I started learning about all these different things, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It, you see why the rich keep getting richer and the wealthy keep moving on and excel, you know, because they're literally doing these different things and moving money around, shifting money right. around, looking at the tax codes, like, how can I... Go ahead and maneuver, right? Yeah. I mean, because so. these are, you have two options when you spend money. You can either expense it or invest it, right? Mm. So I, I, the Augusta strategy allows you to take money from your business and invest it back right. into your home. There it is. <laughs> I love it's crazy. it. crazy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, and again, again, going, making sure that you talk to a tax professional, making sure you, you, make sure you understand how to do it. There's a, a whole different, that's a short simple way of doing it. There's right. a whole bunch of requirements. You need yeah. a contract. Absolutely. You need to make it all the way you legitimate. You need receipts, all of those things. But again, once you figure it out, then again, that's another crazy play that 14, you 14000 in your household. Easy. Damn. Right. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So please tell the people where they can find you. Yes. Um, if you have one last word for tax professionals, right? Because I've, I, I see so often, number one, I love what you do because mm-hmm. you are representing 1%. Like, do you know how major that is? You're representing 1% of an entire industry. Um, I have 1% of that industry here, right? And I think it's really important for people to understand your journey that you've been through, you know, going the corporate route into entrepreneurship and, you know, just, just really finding your way and understanding that you can go the professional route and still build the life that you want, right? Mm-hmm. So um, please tell people, you know, if they're in the accounting space or want to go into the accounting space, you know, leave them with some information or some inspiration that can help them along their journey. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And also I want to thank you and give you your flowers for um, for the, the opportunity to be able to be honored at the Black Wealth oh, Awards. Absolutely. That was amazing. And, you know, just really an honor to be able to do that. You know, I've been... You know, I've been in the industry for years. We've been knowing each other for years. And, you know, I'm really happy that I finally figured out how to, to do this. And now I'm sharing this information, right? At the, as part of my acceptance speech, I share that I really want to inspire and help a million accountants being able to grow to that elite level, right? Being able to finally be able to leave their nine to five if that's something that they desire to do. And being, being able to have the freedom to be able to work where they want to and really be able to provide transformational services to their clients, right? And going back to statistics, 
I'm really big on statistics because it's interesting, right? You, less than 1% of black CPAs are black, right? But not only that, right, less than, I think about less than 50 or around 50% of business owners make even 100,000 in their business, six figures, mm. right? And then we talk about 400,000, right? Less, that's like less than 10% that do that, right? So we have someone who's been able to do all those things and more, you know what I mean? It's like literally, I, like that's why I like to call myself top two, not two. You feel me? Because <laughs> it's, it, but, I, but I say that and it's, it may sound arrogant or, you know, whatever the case is, but I, I have to think, look back at my life and see like what I've been able to accomplish yeah. and, what I, and what I've been able to do. Absolutely. And literally forget about all the statistics, like this is what I desire, this is what I'm going for. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? God made a way and I figured out how to do it and I want to be able to pass that on, right? So. Now I'm, 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 I'm mentoring and I have a ma mastermind where I'm helping literally accounting and tax professionals literally go from that zero to 500,000 or whatever the number it is, but, or at least getting them through those steps, whether if you're at the executive level exec or executor level, executive level, entrepreneur level, elite level, helping you literally do that, right? So giving you the blueprint on what I did, right, to be able to hit that elite level plus, right? But not only that, not only how I did it, but how I helped other people do it, right? Right. So I was able to help a CPA. Cofield is, um, he's killing the game. Super, super dope. Coach, Coach Carter, King Carter, right? Killing the game. I literally, when I met him, he had like 10,000 followers. Helped him, literally gave him the play and the strategy to be able to grow to over 100,000, right? But it's not only followers, right? Followers is cool. That's cute. You know what I'm saying? It's the one thing to say, I got 100,000 followers, but those, do those followers translate to dollars, right? Right. And what he was able to do, right, is now have multiple six-figure months, right? Mm. Because of that, right? He was able to take that following, that brand, and now be able to leverage it, right, based on some of these strategies that I'm sharing with people. Gotcha. Another one of my mentees, literally within 30 days, first client ever, first client, she's working a corporate job, first client made 18500 mm. Literally, less well, than 30 client. days, first client. Wow. Right? And I have whole, a whole bunch of other stories, right, where I've able, been able to literally coach people and walk them through this process. Another individual, right? This is crazy, right? This guy, one of my first clients that I helped, he wasn't even an accounting major. He didn't even have an accounting background, right? This man was literally in marketing. He went to school for marketing. Mm -hmm. Went to school for marketing, had an apparel company where he's creating like t-shirts and stuff for colleges or whatever the case was. His dad owned a tax business and his dad passed away, unfortunately, but he wanted to carry on his dad's legacy and get into taxes mm. and help people save money on taxes, right? Right. I literally coached him to where, you know, he went, went ahead and he was able to create a six-figure tax business without any accounting or tax background, right? Wow. Not saying that that's normal, normal yeah. right? But it's possible, right? A lot of times, and the reason why I share that story is not to tell everyone to get into the space, but I share that story because... What accounting and tax professionals do, well, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it, right? We feel like we need to learn more accounting information, more tax information. We get really deep on the technical things, right? But the client doesn't care about that. They clear, care about what, what's the result that you can do get from me, right? And if you're able to communicate that and deliver on it, right? We're really problem solvers, right? And we, we spend so much time thinking like, oh, okay, I need to become a CPA, or I need to get become an enrolled agent, or I have to take another test, or I gotta go back to school, I gotta get an MBA, I gotta do all these different things. Yep. Not understanding that, listen, the way that you learn is by actually helping real people having a real conversation, right? I learned a lot of things in accounting and tax when I was in school, literally the top accounting school in, in, the, in the world, but 90% of the stuff that I, help people with is stuff that I learned outside of school. By talking to real people, understanding the situations, having that experience where I didn't know how to help someone in taxes. And a lot of people are afraid of failure, right? They're afraid of making mistakes. What if the client gets upset with me? What if they complain about? Like that is literally how you learn. Like you, you basically fail your way to success, right? As long as you're someone who has integrity, you're wanting to, you're, you're literally going to do whatever you can to help that client, Right. then you know, it's in your best interest and the client's best interest to go ahead, put yourself out there and, you know, help. You know yeah. what I mean? If I would if I would have let that experience, you know, deter me or, or stop me from getting to, into the space, right? You know, I wouldn't have been able to be able to create the business that I've been able to do and literally help, you know, a whole bunch of other accountants as well. So, yeah, I have Elite Firm Pros is the name of the program. So, Elite, so the goal is to get you that Elite status, um, having that Elite Firm. And that's what we're doing. So, yeah, it's a, it's a growing movement. It's a growing community. I'm super excited about it. I love it. And, um, yeah. People You're going to change lives. Yeah. That's gonna, what, already changing lives are going to change more lives. Yeah. That's, you know, one of the things that I realized is, you know, especially by having a daughter, 
it's like at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I feel like I'm the young OG. You know, I made my I made a, a lot of money in the accounting tax base. I'm going to still continue to do that. But really, I'm thinking more about legacy now, right? Yep. And how do I want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as the guy not that told you how to be able to ride off a G Wagon or doing, you know, being able to turn your lifestyle into a tax write-off, which is cool, right? It's, it's good to get that information out there. But really for me, I want to be in a position to where I put other people in position, create other leaders in this space where more people are speaking, more people are doing podcasts, more people are educating, right? Getting this message out there. Because I think what we do is so important, right? In my opinion, I think we probably have one of the most important jobs and professions, right? We're literally helping people solve their biggest pain point, which is accounting and tax. People hate people hate talking about it, right? Yep. But we're helping them do this. And now we're able to transform. Because I'll tell you what, again, me having the background and prestige that I have, right? And I didn't know how to help someone save money in taxes with all the education, all the information. Like, are people like... And people, you were doing free taxes. Yeah. People people are really, really confused and um, don't understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So by now, you know, having this Elite Firm Pro family, you know, it's literally a family. We collaborate about collaboration over competition. Absolutely. I have a, you already know this, I have more of a collaborative spirit. When we first met, you know, we met each other at an event conference. We talked, we met each other, we found synergies, we made a lot of money together, you know what I mean? Listen. And I've done it with other people. You see me on podcasts, you know, one of my homies, um, Sinead, we did the the uh, the table with Anthony O'Neill to get, like, yes. I'm always, I'm always, yeah, that's the homie, right? Yeah. But I'm always looking to, again, Cofield, I saw him, he was doing his thing, I was just like, bro, you need to go ahead and yeah. do these couple of tweaks. Yeah. Going crazy. Absolutely. Killing the game. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, like. That's what it's about, and I'm looking to do that for more people. Yeah, so EliteFirmPros.com. Um, I have a free masterclass. And go ahead and tap in, and then, you know, just get some free information. Literally, I'm giving out crazy game, literally going from A to Z on how I was able to do it, and that's what we got. I love it. I yeah. love it. So what we didn't tell the people, well, we hinted at it, that you're a rapper. Yes. You going to drop some bars for us? <laughs> I got a couple of, you know, a <laughs> little couple of bars, so... One of the things I forgot to mention <laughs> in my story is that I really wanted to be a rapper, right? Yeah. And the reason why that was is, you know, obviously, you know, growing up in a single parent household or whatever the case was, the, the, the lyrics, you know, really resonated with me. I grew up in a single parent home. I grew up visiting my dad in jail. I grew up on spam and mayonnaise sandwiches and quarter water and all that, all the Kool-Aid, all of that, right? So the, the messages of the music was very inspirational. It was just like, yo, someone that's been in my situation, I could relate to it. So, um, but, and also too, I didn't see anyone that looked like me, you know what I mean, in, the, in, in, in accounting or tax. All, all I saw was rappers, athletes, drug dealers. Like, that's, that's how people were making money, right? Yeah. That looked like me. So, um, ended up getting to accounting, whatever the case is, but still decided to tap back into my passion. You know, once I got... Well, you make enough money, you can do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I realized, this is the dope thing too, what I realized is what's so inspirational is like, once you make that money, you can literally do what you want. Like I have, I did a whole, I went to, I paid studio time, whole video, music video, all these different things, right? That I'm able to do and be able to still tap into one of my early passions, Right. Right. Which is rapid. So I did a joint called the Ten Task Commandments, based on Biggie's Ten Crack Commandments, inspired by the late and great B.I.G. So um, I'm gonna hit it acapella real quick. So check this out. Let's do it. Yo, I've been in the game for years. It made me an animal. There's rules to this code. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get your game on track. The feds off your back. Rule number uno. Let the IRS know how much dough you hold, cause you know. Evasion breeds penalties, especially if that prep messed up. Watch your tax go up. Number two, document as best as you can prove. Don't you know them boys treat lying like violence, taken from your highness. I done seen mad cats and chicks come for their schemes and tricks. Number three, go form an LLC. A lawyer set that up. Properly draft up. Dina and the state up. Yep, for them big bucks. They'll get the paperwork cleaned up. Word up. Number four, I know you heard this before. Always rely on your CPA guy. Number five, never tax prep where you rest at. I don't care if they do it free. Tell them leave. Number six, that's has advanced credit. Dead it. You think they're doing you a favor? Don't forget it. Seven, this rule is so underrated. Keep your personal and business completely separated. 
Business and blood don't mix like politics with no tricks. Find your business serious risk. Number eight, know the date your taxes due. If you miss a deadline, they'll be coming for you. Number nine, should have been number one to me. If you start a business, stay away from hobbies. If they're thinking it's a hobby, they ain't trying to listen. You be stressing in the kitchen when them letters start hitting. Number ten, a strong word, corporation. Strictly for biz men, not for freshmen. If you ain't got investors, then say hell no. Because they gonna want your money rain, sleet, house snow. Yo, follow these rules. They have mad bread to break up. If not, 24 years on the Wake, wake up, up, flow, hit your tempo, watch your friends shake up, caretaker did you make up when you pass, my bad, I hope you wake up, a lot of cash, or beachfront in Jamaica, with the Michelin star chef, the hook and stick up, gotta go, gotta go, more returns to make up, word up, Tats King. Hey, yes, and sir. that, family, is this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shanique Nicole, the Millennium Money Maven, and y'all just got blessed by my brother, King Michelle Valburn. Top two, but not two. Hey, that's a fact. One more time. And uh, before I forget, yeah, make sure you guys tap in, follow me. It is going to be at michellevalbrun.com. So M-I-C-H-E-L-V-A-L-B-R-U-N. I'm on all social media platforms, most active on Instagram. That's where you can find out about me. I'm always giving out free games, free gems, and content as it relates to tax savings and helping you save money on taxes and increase your wealth. So you can go ahead and do that. EliteFirmPros.com if you're interested and growing and scaling your accounting business to elite level. So elitefirmpros.com, you can go ahead and tap in. And then also make sure you go ahead and text uh, free to 404-737-1475. I have a free gift for you. Literally um, a free ebook giving you plays on ways you can save money on taxes. I have over 200 deductions that you can go ahead and get as being a listener to this podcast. So Free at 404-737-1475. Let's get it. Massive family. Catch y'all next week. Peace. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Black Wealth Weekly. I'm your host, Shaniqua Nicole, and I hope to see you next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and head to blackwealthweekly.com where you can read all the new episodes of these entrepreneurs and so many others.